Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. A great weekend of basketball. We have two more NCAA men's tournament games tonight, two more tomorrow. Also, MLB opening day is Thursday. And the U.S. men's national soccer team lost to Honduras yesterday, meaning they will not qualify for the Tokyo Summer Games. The men's soccer program has improved, but it's still rebuilding. The under-23 team failed to qualify for the Olympics for the third consecutive cycle and the fourth time in five tries. Now, it's not as bad as missing the World Cup as they had before, but it's still seen in the media today as a failure and a missed opportunity. So more work to do for the U.S. men's national soccer team. This is your morning buzzcast for Monday, March 29th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. I do hope everybody had a great weekend. Let's get right to it. It's a pretty busy Monday today. First, baseball. Major League Baseball Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark said that players are ready to discuss moving this season's All-Star game out of Atlanta due to Georgia's new voting bill, which places restrictions on voting. You're going to hear more and more about this issue and this story in the weeks ahead. Meanwhile, Tony Clark also said he expects collective bargaining negotiations to begin shortly after opening day this week. So talks with management, he believes, could start very soon. Remember, MLB CBA expires at the end of this year. Let's shift to some news around the NFL because NFL owners will meet for two days this week. Tuesday and Wednesday, they'll meet virtually from 1 to 3 in the afternoon. Peter King has all of the agenda details. Here are some of the highlights. Owners will be briefed on the new media deals. Owners will vote to confirm the 17-game regular season schedule, and they'll get an update on the status of this upcoming draft in Cleveland. Also, they'll discuss diversity and social responsibility. They'll get a financial update on Washington owner Dan Snyder's efforts to buy back shares of his franchise, and there'll also be a session on legalized sports betting. There will be robust discussion on international games, our Ben Fisher reported on Friday that the NFL is expected to launch a formal rotation requiring every team to play a home game outside of the United States at least once every eight years starting in 2022. In addition, and this is very interesting, owners will consider awarding local marketing rights to teams in certain countries, Australia, Brazil, China, Germany, Mexico, and others. Now, right now, those international rights are controlled by the league, but teams would bid to win the marketing rights in certain countries, and if they win those rights, they'll be permitted to sell sponsorships and sell limited media rights in those countries for a five-year term. So that is new revenue, and that's something teams have really wanted. Up to six lots per market, will be awarded in the countries with the most potential. Think Canada, Mexico, 
the UK, uh, Germany, and there could be others. But a very interesting dynamic here. Keep your eye on the league awarding marketing rights, international marketing rights to certain countries. That story is going to get a lot of attention. Also, the NFL could make it official as early as this week that they plan to move Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles back a week from February 6th to February 13th in 2022. Expect Roger Goodell to meet the media likely on Tuesday, according to Peter King. Let's shift the news around college sports because the NCAA Board of Governors over the weekend gave President Mark Emmert, who has been embattled over the last couple of weeks, a major vote of confidence, saying they were satisfied in how Emmert has addressed inequities in the college basketball tournaments, and they're satisfied with his leadership over the last few weeks. Remember, Emmert has been panned and criticized aggressively over the last few weeks over his handling of the inequities between the men's and the women's tournament operations and venues. Emmert's contract runs through October of 23. There's an option for 24, and the board said they have strong confidence in Emirates' continuing leadership of the NCAA. So Mark Emirate getting a major endorsement from the NCAA Board of Governors. Interesting tweet overnight from CBS's Dennis Dodd, who is very well connected in the college space. He noted that the Pac-12 commissioner search is quickly getting close to an end. He floats names, Gene Smith from Ohio State. Dan Radakovich from Clemson, and former NCAA executive Oliver Luck as names still in the mix. He also added that the Pac-12 is seeking a commissioner who has a lower profile and works behind the scenes. So Dennis Dodd indicating the Pac-12 could be closing in on their next commissioner. I had heard it could be as late as June. This would certainly be quicker than I anticipated. Let's shift to some news from the Miami-Dade County area because on Friday they approved the deal to put cryptocurrency brand FTX on the Miami Heats Arena. Remember, it has been American Airlines Arena since it opened up. But interesting news out of the deal, FTX can still pull out of the deal if the NBA does not approve of it. And right now, there's been no indication on if the NBA will okay this deal to rename the building FTX Arena. Miami-Dade County did approve the 19-year naming rights deal valued at $135 million on Friday, but still clearly a lot of decisions left to make. If you missed it over the weekend, I would suggest you read John Oran's behind-the-scenes highlights on talks between CBS sports executives and Jim Nance's agent, and Oran reported that the two sides started talking about a new contract for Jim Nance during the NFL season. Talks intensified around the Super Bowl, leading to the deal that was announced late last week. Now, both CBS's Sean McManus and Nance's agent, Sandy Montag, declined to disclose the length and value of Nance's new deal, But both executives pushed back on the idea that negotiations became contentious at any time. There were reports that it did become contentious because the two sides were so far apart on price at the beginning of the negotiations. Sandy Montag did say it would be not accurate whatsoever to say the negotiations ever got contentious. But John Oran with some good behind-the-scenes anecdotes in the negotiations between CBS Sports and Jim Nance. 
I want to touch on two international stories. First, we talk about DAZN a lot on the Buzzcast. Well, they got one of its biggest deals in its company history. They got rights to Syria over the next few years. They beat out competition from Sky Italia. That is a very, very big deal for DAZN. And on Saturday night in Barcelona, a concert drew 5,000 people as part of a government-sanctioned test in Spain to determine whether events in a controlled setting could restart without contributing to the spread of the coronavirus. So why is this interesting? Well, it could be a template for the future and for American concerts. Concert goers on Saturday night in Barcelona took a rapid COVID test earlier in the day. The results showed up on their phone 10 to 15 minutes later. Organizers said it was the biggest commercial event held in Europe since the pandemic began. So a controlled test of 5,000 people at a concert in Barcelona. Hopefully it's indication of better signs for our music business as well. And finally, I want to end with this, an internal announcement. Sports Business Journal is pleased to award our 2021 Lifetime Achievement Award to Paul Fireman who over two decades built Reebok into one of the most popular and progressive sports companies in the world. Over his tenure, Paul Fireman earned widespread admiration for his entrepreneurial edge. And remember, he really brought that Reebok brand into fashion, into music, and into other elements of pop culture. He also focused on human rights and equality and was out front in establishing safe and respectful working conditions at Reebok. So Paul Fireman will receive SBJ's 2021 Lifetime Achievement Award. He will receive his honor during the Sports Business Awards on June 23rd. So we're proud to honor Paul Fireman. So that is your morning buzzcast for Monday, March 29th. I'm Abe Madcor, a busy start to the week. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay smart. Stay healthy, be good to each other. I will speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.